Thank you all for coming out tonight, and welcome to Grace Community Church Wednesday night service. If you're tuning in online, uh, thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time watching, my name is Wade, and we're glad to have you. Uh, let me go ahead and open us up in a word of prayer, and we'll get into tonight's message. Father, thank you for the message that you laid on my heart tonight. Uh, I know it's something that's much needed in the church. And God, I just pray that you'd open every heart and every mind to receive what it is you have to say. And Lord, I just pray that you'd uh, just help us, Lord, to be obedient to what you say and do the things that you ask us to do. Lord, we love you and we thank you and we'll give you the glory for it. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, I'm going to start tonight with going over what we talked about uh, last week. Before we actually get into tonight's message, uh, if you were here last week, we talked about keeping it simple, you know, how we we grow and mature in our faith and how that we should take it slow and not be in a, be in a hurry to know everything all at once. And uh, we talked about how we literally start out as babies in Christ and then we grow and we mature over time in our faith. It's not something that just happens overnight. And we talked about how, especially if you're new in your faith, we should just start with the basics. You know, uh, first things first, you know, recognize Jesus as the Lord of your life to start with and be willing to obey him instead of our own will and our own desires. You know, that's where it has to start. Uh, we talked about how we shouldn't try and understand, like I said, everything all at once, but just be obedient to what we do understand. And trust God to reveal things to us as we grow and as we do mature in our faith. And God will reveal more and more to us as we're obedient to what we already know. Uh, you know, some of the verses we shared last week were Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. And almost every week we share those because we do have to trust God and uh, not try to figure out everything on our own or uh, lean to, to our own understanding. But in all our ways, acknowledge him and he will direct our path. So we can't lean on our own wisdom. Uh, only thing we can do to effectively follow Christ is just be obedient, like I said, to what we know and let God reveal more things to us as we mature and not try to figure it out on our own. Uh, when we try to skip ahead of God and learn all the scripture without being obedient to what we already understand, then we just, you know, we leave out the basics of Christianity. We leave out the, the very foundation of it, which is love and kindness and forgiveness and mercy and compassion and humility. And if we don't have those things in our faith, then we'll just become legalistic and judgmental and critical and uh, we'll become self-righteous. We become wise in our own eyes. And we trust in our own wisdom instead of trusting in the wisdom of God. Uh, I want to share a few verses with you about being wise in our own eyes before we get into tonight's message. Uh, you know, I didn't cover a whole lot about this last week, but if we leave those things out and try to skip ahead, uh, I want to share some verses with you about what that looks like when we become wise in our own eyes. Uh, I did share this verse with you last week, but right after Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 that we just read is verse 7. 
It says, be not wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and depart from evil. You know, it tells us to trust in the Lord and not lean on our own understanding. But fear the Lord and depart from evil. Uh, another verse on that is Proverbs 26 and verse 12. It says, if you see a man wise in his own conceit, there is more hope of a fool than of him. So God says, even a fool has more hope than somebody that thinks they know all, you know, all that there is to know. And uh, that's what happens to us. If we skip ahead of God and try to, you know, make sense of things that we don't understand by our own understanding, the Bible says there's more hope of a fool than him. Uh, Romans chapter 1 is a good example of that in verses 22 and 23. It says, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorru uncorruptible God into an image made like unto corruptible man, into birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. <coughs> And what he's talking about in Romans chapter 1 is instead of people having reverence for God and letting God's word guide their lives, you know, they were becoming wise to themselves. And they started making uh, statues that look like themselves. They started making statues of all the created things like birds and beasts and creeping things. And they would worship those things instead of God because they thought they were so wise they didn't need God. You know, when we become wise in our own eyes, we get to the point where we'll just leave God out of it. We think we know enough to where we don't need God's wisdom. And we'll start worshiping our own wisdom and our own achievements and our bank accounts. And we become, in our own eyes, self-made successes that don't need God, or we think we don't need God anyway. And we become reliant on our own wisdom instead of relying on God. We rely on our own strength and we rely on our own resources. And uh, when we do that, we won't have any love or compassion for our neighbor like God tells us to. Because, you know, we'll think so much of ourselves, we'll look at them and say, you know, they're like that because they're lazy. If I can do it, they can do it too. And uh, we don't have the love and the compassion for people that God wants us to have. So we have to keep the basics first. You know, like I've been saying, without them, without the Holy Spirit leading us, our own knowledge, it will corrupt us, and it'll lead us away from God. So we have to keep God first. And then all we, if we do that, all we'll be left with is our desire to please ourselves. You know, that's right where we started before we even came to Christ. So if we try to jump ahead of God and not get the basics down pat, then we will wind up right back where we started. We have to keep the basics first. Uh, John warns us about that kind of wisdom in 1 John chapter 2, uh, verses 15 and 17. It says, Do not love this world, nor the things it offers you, for when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. And that is the most important thing in our faith, is the love that comes from God. You know, the world offers you all this other stuff, but it can't give you love. That is the only place you can get love is from God. In verse 16, it says, For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, 
and pride in our achievements and possessions, these are not from the Father, but are from the world. You know, the world can't offer you anything but things that are going to please me. It don't offer me anything that's going to do the kingdom of God any good or for me to help somebody else with. All it offers is a craving for physical pleasure for myself, a craving for everything I see that I want, and pride in things that I have done and the things that I have, you know. Those things are not important to God. What's important to God is that we love one another. And in verse 17, it said, and this world is fading away. You know, anybody can see that. You can watch the news on any channel you want to watch, and you can see how corrupt the world is. And uh, you don't even have to watch the news. All you got to do is go to Walmart and see how people treat each other in public. And uh, take it a little further than that, you don't even have to go to Walmart. Most people mistreat each other in their own homes. They don't respect each other. The parents don't respect the children. The children don't respect the parents. And that's because they don't have uh, the love that God designed for us to have. And we only get that from him. You know, without the love of God, without the Holy Spirit guiding us, our world, you know, not the world, but our world, shrinks until we're the only one left in it. And our only desire is to look out for number one. And then we no longer have a love and a reverence for God. And we no longer have the love for other people and a desire to help them. And uh, have compassion on them when they need it. It's okay to look out for number one, but Jesus has to be number one. You know, if you're number one, then you worship yourself. Uh, looking out for number one is all right as long as Jesus is number one. You know, we can't put ourselves in front of Jesus. So we have to keep the basics first. You know, I can't, I can't emphasize that enough. You know, everything else that we learn, you know, if you just jump ahead of those things and try to learn all the scripture and all that stuff you, that you can, everything else is useless. And our faith will be uh, if we don't do that. You know, we read these verses last week, and I want to read them again this week. Uh, Matthew 22, verses 37 through 40. It says, Jesus said unto him, and they're asking Jesus, what is the greatest of the commandments? And Jesus said unto him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and the great commandment. And the second is like unto it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So love God and love others. You know, that's what our faith has to be founded on. That's, that's not my opinion. That's what Jesus himself said. All the law and the prophets. You know, that's the whole Bible. Hangs on loving God and loving other people. That's what our faith is founded on. Uh, and if our faith is not founded on love, it's simply not godly. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Uh, here are some verses I want to share with you from the book of James that will help you judge whether or not your faith uh, or your wisdom is from God. Uh, James chapter 3, I want to share verses 13 through 18 with you. It says, Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? And he's talking about a real wise man, not somebody uh, that just thinks they're wise. Let him show out of a good conversation his works 
with meekness of wisdom. But, now, this is talking about the different mindset that we've been talking about. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not. He's saying that's not good. And lie not against the truth. This wisdom descends not from above. Those kind of thoughts don't come from God, but is earthly and sensual and devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. But the wisdom that is above, that is from above, that does come from God, is first pure, then peaceable and gentle and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. So if all your understanding and all your wisdom is still selfish, uh, like I've been saying, you need to go back to the basics, like we talked about last week. We really do have to keep it simple. If we jump over those things and try to bypass them, just so we look more scholarly or however you want to put it, uh, try to impress people with our Bible knowledge and leave out love and kindness and meekness and all those things, then that don't do them or us or the kingdom of God any good. We've got to learn how to be obedient to the simple things of faith. And then, like I've been telling you, then God will grow you and mature you in more things. Uh, Jesus said in Luke 16 and verse 10, uh, and this is a great example. He said, he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. So he's saying if we're not willing to even obey the basics, then we wouldn't be obedient to greater things either, even if we did have understanding of them. Uh, with that kind of a work mindset, we would just use it for our own benefit. And uh, that gets us to tonight's message. Uh, I know that was a long introduction talking about what we talked about last week, but that's important, you know. We need to know that the basics have to come first. Uh, tonight's message is actually about action. And action uh, without love is always selfish. So love has to be our number one motivator in the things that we do. You know, I tell you all the time, uh, and I was just talking to Brad about this a while ago. You know, we never talk to each other about what we're preaching, or actually he was talking to me about it. You know, I have no idea what Josh or Chris or Gary or anybody's going to get up here and preach on Sunday morning, and I never know what DJ's going to be uh, teaching or preaching on Tuesday nights. But I love it when the Holy Spirit has us all on the, the same page. You know, I laughed at DJ last night. If you were here, you probably saw me laughing at him. When he got up on stage, he said, tonight's message is going to be about action and uh I had to tell him later I wasn't laughing at him. It just made me feel good in my spirit because that was tonight's message too. You know, we were sharing on the same same thing. Uh, Josh said something Sunday that I can really relate to. And uh, Brad was talking to me about this too. He didn't realize it, but he was talking about it just a minute ago. Uh, Josh said, when you make that decision in your heart to surrender to Christ, it is instant. You know, you know inside yourself, you know in your heart that you've surrendered to Christ and that you're never going to be the same again. 
you know without a shadow of a doubt that you've become a new man or a, a new woman in Christ, a new creature in Christ. And that's true. You do know that when you finally make that decision in your heart. You know I'll never be the same because I'm, I really meant what I just said. I'm surrendering my life to Jesus. But nobody else can see that. You know, when you do that, I tell you all the time that you and God are the only ones that know that. The only way others can see that we have been changed is by our actions, by what we do, by how we treat other people by seeing a constant change in us that don't fade away in a week or fade away in a month, you know. I remember when I did fully surrender to Christ. I mean, I can remember that moment clearly because I, I could feel the shift in my heart that I knew I'm never going to be the same again. And uh, I got all excited. I got to tell everybody, you know, and I started telling people I finally gave my heart to Jesus. And uh, when I did that, almost all of them were like, yeah, that's, that's good, man. That's good, Wade. No enthusiasm at all. You know, it's like you could hear crickets. And uh, that wasn't what I was hoping for, but that's what I got. And, uh, you know, why were they like that? And the reason they were like that, because they'd heard that like a thousand times before. You know, I've told them, I'm going to straighten my life up. I've surrendered my life to Christ, you know, a million times before that. But it didn't stick, you know. A month later, I was right back to my old self. So it, it wasn't that they doubted the Lord. They wasn't happy that I gave my life to Christ. They just couldn't believe me because of what I had already done in the past. You know, like I said, nobody knew that I really had made that choice except God and myself. So people, they can't see the change in you until it becomes a constant change in your lifestyle. You know, I don't know how many times I did that and started, you know, started going to church, started going to meetings, but hadn't changed the thing. And I don't know how many times I did that before I realized that going to church and going to meetings, uh, doing all those things didn't change me. Uh, they didn't change a thing. It actually made things worse on me. You know, now I was not only still trapped in my sin, now I had to hide it because I'd already told everybody I wasn't like that anymore. And uh, like I said, it never lasted long. But uh, that last time, I finally got to the point where I wasn't concerned about people thinking I was a hypocrite anymore. And the reason I wasn't concerned about anybody thinking that anymore is because I'd got to the point where I knew without a shadow of a doubt that I was a hypocrite. You know, I got tired of professing to be something that I wasn't and uh, falling back into my old self. And uh, that's when I really did surrender to Jesus and say, okay, Lord, it's your will, not mine anymore. I'm going to do what you say, like it says in Luke 6:46. You know, I'm not going to call you Lord and, and not do what you say anymore. I'm actually going to be obedient to you. And right then, is, from then on, is when I learned that change wasn't something that I could do for myself. I wasn't able to change myself. Change was something that happened to me while I was being obedient to God. It had nothing to do with my efforts. It had nothing to do with what I was able to do for myself. It was something God did in me uh, just while I was being obedient to Him. Uh, 
You know, I said this message is about action, and the only action we need to have to be successful Christians, to be successful followers of Christ, is just be obedient to his word, be obedient to the Holy Spirit. Uh, Philippians 2.13, this is what changed me. It was, it was God changing me. I couldn't change myself. It says, for it is God which works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So God changes me while I'm simply being obedient to him, what he says to do or not do. <clears throat> if you were here Sunday, Josh was talking about the little girl when we went sledding. He told her, don't, don't hit the pole when you sled down the hill. Uh, and that's true. You know, what we focus on, we're going to run head on into it. The more I focused on not drinking, the more I drank. And the more I focused on not running away, uh, the further away I'd run every time. But when I finally got my focus turned to God, I kept running into God every which way I turned. So as long as we keep God as our focus, we'll always be running into him. Uh, Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 15, in verse 58, I love this verse. It's I love this verse. It says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be you steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And uh, I love that verse because it's true. The Lord will keep you busy. If you're truly obedient to the Holy Spirit, he'll keep you busy just being obedient to him if you keep him on your mind. Uh, a good example of that, uh, remember last week I was telling you about a lady in our church. Uh, she came home and her driveway was gone. Somebody had took some heavy equipment and just moved her whole driveway. She didn't have a driveway. And then it wasn't just a couple of days after that, she wrecked her car. And now she don't have a car. She can't get to her house. And she had all kinds of doctor's appointments to get to and stuff. Well, because of being obedient to the Holy Spirit, there was people in our church that got busy because they started obeying the Holy Spirit. And she's doing much better now because God laid her on the hearts of those people. And they made sure she had food. They made sure she had a way to her doctor's appointments and even took it upon themselves to shop around and not only find, but buy her another car. And uh, I think we see so many lives that never change just like my life, because all we're focused on is our own needs. But if we'll focus on what the Holy Spirit is telling us to do, he'll keep us busy helping other people. And God will take care of changing us while we're doing that. But I'm, I'm telling you from experience, if you're just obedient to God, he'll not only make the changes in you, he'll take care of your needs too while you're looking out for the needs of others. Uh, I love the way it puts it in Philippians 2. Verses 3 through 5. It says, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. That means don't just do everything for yourself, you know, but in lowliness of mind, humble yourselves and esteem other, others better than yourselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. God's not saying don't think about yourself at all. He wants us to take care of ourselves. But he don't want that to be the only thing we think about. 
He wants us to also look on the things of others, see how other people are doing, and actually care about it. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Uh, God changes your heart when you're helping other people. Uh, I know that's an experience, too. You'll go from looking at people like they need to get it together, you know, just judging them for the shape that they're in, or how could they live like that. You know, God will change your mindset to they need help. Uh, we'll go from judging people and saying, what are they doing, to realizing that they just need help. They're stuck there. You know, if they could help themselves, they would. And then if you're really listening to the Holy Spirit, you'll realize I was stuck too, and somebody helped me. And you'll go from they need help to I need to help them. You know, he shifts our heart. Instead of just seeing what's wrong in people's lives, he changes our hearts to we want to help them. Uh, I love Second Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. And that's what it talks about. It says, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. We start seeing other people that are having a hard time. We start seeing ourselves when we had a hard time and somebody helped us. And God speaks to us through his Holy Spirit and says, you need to offer them the help that you received. You know, you didn't get where you're at on your own. I remember my papa used to say on all the time, you know, if you see a, a turtle sitting on top of a fence post, he didn't get there by himself. And uh, none of us got where we are by ourselves either. None of us are self-made people. Uh, you may be a self-made businessman, but you're not a self-made Christian. You know, without the love of God, without the love of Christ and what he gave for us, then none of us would be where we are today. So I'm not just talking about money. You know, some people just need somebody to talk to. You know, there's a lot of people that don't have friends. They don't have a group of people that they can talk to. A lot of people live by themselves, and they get lonely. And it would mean, <coughs> you know, it would mean the world to them if somebody would just call them or go by and just sit down and have a conversation with them. You know, the world's full of people who hear about people's problems, and not just the world, churches are full of people who just hear about people's problems and notice that they're sad or hurting, but they don't want anything to do with helping them. They're willing to gossip about them, but not get involved in their problems or lend a hand to them to help them. You know, that everybody's got the mindset of it's not my problem. You know, they did that to themselves. It's their fault they're in that situation. They can get themselves out of it. And, uh, you know, that's not a godly mindset to have at all. You know, I thank God all the time that grace is full of people that are willing to help each other when they're in need. And I've never ever been in a church like that before where people are so willing to help each other. You know, not just give them the cold, I'll be praying for you on the way out the door. You know, it's just become a catchphrase, just like, how you doing? Uh, you know, we're so busy and moving so fast on Sunday mornings you can't really get to know anybody. You know, that's just what we say. How you doing? Fine. How are you doing? And I think prayer has got to the same 
point. It's, you know, people just use that as a catchphrase. They don't actually go home and pray for those people. Or better yet, you see even less of people praying with people. You know, when somebody needs prayer, there's nothing wrong with sitting down with them right then and praying with them. You know, I think that's why God has, has put us here. So we can't look at people and say, you know, they did that to themselves. I'm not going to get my hands dirty. Uh, James chapter 2, verses 14 through 20. He's talking about putting our faith to work, you know, action in our faith. It says, what does it profit, my brothers? Though a man say he has faith and has not worked, can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you saying to them, depart in peace, be you warmed and filled, but we don't give them those things which are needful to the body, what does it profit them? Even so, our faith, if it has not works, is dead being alone. Yeah, a man may say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. The devils also believe and tremble. But will you know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? You know, we talked for a couple of weeks in a row about sharing our faith with other people uh, just a few weeks ago, you know, talking about being a witness. And before that, we talked about the love of God probably for four or five weeks. I think it was five weeks in a row. Uh, like I've been saying, we can skip the basics of love and forgiveness and kindness and all those things and just learn scripture after scripture and become self-righteous and judgmental. Or we can make a difference. You know, we can keep the basics first because without those things, you know, like I keep saying, our faith is useless. Uh, in Jude, verse 22, it says, And some have compassion, making a difference. But that's a choice. Uh, I tell you every week we have a choice. We can either do things God's way or we can do things our way. If we back up a little further in Jude, uh, and we start reading in verse 17, it says, But, beloved, remember you the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. These be they who separate themselves sensual, having not the Spirit. But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And some having compassion, making a difference. And others saved with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. So it's our choice. You know, it says we can be like those people that reject the Holy Spirit and they're just out to please themselves. Or we can be led by the Spirit and have compassion and and help other people. You know, we got to Christ somehow. Somebody had enough love of God in them to witness to us so that we could come to Christ and receive salvation. But without the love of God in us, 
then we're not going to help others in need and we're not going to share the faith with them either. And that's what we're called to do. So we have our, our choice. We can look out for number one ourselves or, like I said a while ago, we can make Jesus Christ number one and do things that he asked us to. Uh, I love the example that Jesus gave us when he's talking to Peter after Peter denied him. And, uh, you know, he told him three times, he asked him, do you love me? And, you know, of course, Peter told him, yeah, I love you. And Jesus told him, feed my lambs the first time. And he asked him again, do you love me? And he said, yes, I love you, Lord. And <clears throat> he said, feed my sheep. And then he asked him again, do you love me? And he said, yes, you know I love you. You know all things. And Jesus told him a third time, feed my sheep. So Jesus is serious about us loving each other. He's serious about us having compassion on each other and being there for each other when we need each other. You know, it's good to pray for people, and we should pray for people. And I hope all of you are praying for other people and uh, not just for yourselves. But we are also God's hands and feet. You know, we should be praying for others. That's very clear. In the Bible, it tells us to pray for each other. But we're also the answer to somebody's prayer, too. And if we're not obedient, you know, then a lot of prayers are going to go unanswered. We are God's hands and feet here. And if we're obedient when God puts them on our hearts, uh, then we'll meet those needs. We'll do what we can anyway. <clears throat> You know, I've learned it uh, when I'm praying for people because God put them on my heart, and I do a whole lot of that. You know, don't be surprised when you're praying for somebody and they call you. I've had that happen. You know, people I don't even really know, while I'm praying for them, you know, they'll call me and tell me about what they're going through. And I believe that's the Holy Spirit saying, don't just pray that, you know, somebody will help them. You help them. <laughs> but a lot of times we're praying to God saying, these people need help, God. And then they'll call you. Then you go back to praying again. I didn't mean me, you know. <laughs> but I think if God puts them on your heart, he's calling you to help them. You know, if God brings them to you and you're able to help them, and like I said, they don't always have to be money. That could be, you know, a lot of different things they need. When he brings them to you, be obedient like we just read in James, and do what you can. You know, God knows what you're capable of. He knows what I'm capable of. So do what you can. You know, we can preach to people till we're blue in the face, and uh, a lot of times they'll never believe it. They'll never believe in the love of God until they experience it. You know, you can preach to somebody, like I said, till you're blue in the face, but when you actually go out of your way to help somebody, they believe that, you know. They believe that there is a God of love because they experience God's love. And uh, that works both ways. I don't think we fully experience the love of God either until we're able to give it away to somebody else and show them, you know, that the Lord loves them. Until we're able to give it away and, uh, you know, we get a better idea of who Jesus is and what he did for us. You know, the Bible says God is love, and love is an action. You know, if we truly want to become a church family and be the body of Christ that we're supposed to be, 
we have to really love one another and not just and when I say really love one another I'm not talking about just people we go to church with I'm talking about all the people in our lives you know I have more people in my life that are unsaved than the people that are saved but we're called to love those people too you know whether they go to church or not uh, we quote John 3:16 all the time God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son <clears throat> not just the church people you know at that time there weren't any church people yet you know Christ hadn't formed the church yet he hadn't established his church yet uh, the only chance this world has to see God is through his people and uh, you know I think our faith has to have action behind it we have to show people the love of God so uh, you know we have to ask yourself that question how are you doing with actively showing the love of God? You know, are you more focused on yourself than anything else? Or or do you really see the needs of others and actually try to do something about it? I like Romans chapter 12, uh, verses 9 and 10. They say that really good. It says, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. You know, don't fake it. Don't be a hypocrite like I used to be. Don't pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Uh, you know, when you see injustice in somebody's life, try to help them and try to make it right. That's what he means by hold tightly to what is good. Take the love of God with you and help them. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. If you've never helped somebody when they were in need, you do get delight out of that. You know, that's a feeling that you can't get from money or anything else or trying to please yourself. When you truly do something out of love for somebody, you do get delight out of honoring each other. So that's pretty easy homework this week. Just all it is is, you know, take a good look at yourself. I've been taking a good look at myself in the last week. And, uh, you know, what more I could be doing to help the people in my life, you know, examine ourselves. Am I concerned about other people or am I, or am I self-absorbed? It's easy to get that way, especially if you don't spend time around God's people. If you're in the world a whole lot, the world pushes us to be self-absorbed. You know, there's nothing in the world that says, love your neighbor. It says, like I've been saying, look out for number one. Get them before they get you. But that's not the way God tells us to do it. And, uh, you know, if it, I want to share this too because this is true in my life, you know. If you're coming to church because you want your life to change, and that's why I started coming to church, because I wanted my life to change. But I learned the hard way that, you know, coming to church will not change your life. But obedience to the Holy Spirit will change your life. The more you're obedient to Him, God changes you while you're being obedient. But like I said to start with, just keep it simple and uh, obey the, the simple things first. Learn how to love instead of hate. Learn how to forgive. Learn how to be kind to people that are not kind to you. But all these things... Uh, you need the Holy Spirit to do that.
So the very first step is to, you know, surrender your life to Christ and uh, receive the Holy Spirit. And then he'll enable you with the fruit of the Spirit to be able to do these things. But if you've never done that, I always try to give you an opportunity to do that. And uh, in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, it says, If you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You know, that might sound confusing to you if that's the first time you've heard it. All that means is, you know, I realize I need God. Uh, I realize I'm a sinner and I need to get my relationship with God where it needs to be. But that's why he sent Christ. And those verses say all you have to do is believe that Jesus is who he said he is. And he died for our sins on the cross. And, uh, you know, he rose again the third day. We're fixing to celebrate Easter. And that's what we celebrate is his resurrection. But if you need God in your life, that's all you have to do is invite him in. Say, God, I need you. Please come into my life. And he will. And he'll meet you right there. And if, if you've done that, or if you're doing that today, the Bible says just confess it with your mouth. And you are saved. You know, tell somebody, I've gave my life to Christ today. And uh, you will receive the Holy Spirit. And he will guide you from that day forward. And all you have to do is make that choice. On every decision, am I going to obey what the Holy Spirit is saying? Or am I going to keep doing things the way I've always done them? Because you'll never get any change in your life until you start being obedient to the Holy Spirit. And don't let anybody tell you you've been too bad or uh, gone too far. Because Romans 10:13 says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And uh, don't let people tell you that you have to get it together before you come to church. Uh, Romans 5, 8 says, God showed his love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Uh, like I've been saying through this whole message, I tried to change myself and we can't change ourselves. We come to God the way we are and uh, then God changes us. He knew we we're all sinners. That's why Christ came to die for all of us because we were sinners. But I hope you do that tonight. If you don't know Christ, I hope you come to know him tonight. And uh, if you do know Christ, I hope this message hits home in your heart and uh, helps you to take a good look at your own faith and help us ask ourselves, am I truly showing the love of God to other people? Am I showing them the compassion that I should be? You know, does it bother me when other people are hurting? Because it should, you know, especially those of the household of faith, it says in Galatians. Especially those of the household of faith. But ultimately to all people. God loves everybody. And uh, we're supposed to show that God loves them through the love we have for them. Because we call ourselves Christ followers. But I hope that helps somebody tonight. I think it, it's really helped me this week to take an honest evaluation of myself. And I found a lot of areas where I was being selfish, not meaning to be. You know, I try not to be a, a selfish person, but there's, there's things that I could do differently that I'm going to start trying to do differently. But that's my message for tonight, and that's all I have for us. I'd like to thank you all for coming out. If you're here in person, 
And uh, thank you for watching. If you're tuning in online, let me pray for us and we will be dismissed. Father, thank you again for this message. And uh, Lord, I just pray it would sink into every heart and every mind that hears it. And I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to be intentionally uh, nice to people. Help us to intentionally share the love of, that you have for people, God. We are to be your, your ambassadors. And I just pray that you'd give us the courage to do that and to love other people, even when they're not nice to us, God. I pray that you'll help us to see past that and see the mission that we should be on. And that is to, to share you with others. And the Bible says that you are love. And I just pray that you help us to take a good look at our faith, Lord. And, and if it's not based on love, if it's based on knowledge, God, I pray that you help us to, to get that made right and realize that it has to start with love. And then the knowledge will come later. God, thank you for revealing those things to me in my own life. And God, I pray that you would reveal that to all of us. Lord, please keep us safe as we go home. And uh, Lord, if there's any at home sick that couldn't make it tonight, I just pray that you bless them where they are, help them to feel better, and uh, I pray that they're able to come next time. Lord, we love you, and we thank you, and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.